It's interesting as you think about all the different conversations that happen around belief and uh, what's true and what's not true in our world, uh, whether that's inside a church or outside a church, there's a range of opinions. And then if you get down to what the Bible says, um, the truth is, if you ask different people what they think about the nature of God or even the nature of man, you're going to get some different answers there. And uh, what we said last week is that this, uh, this study in Ephesians is going to route us right through a conversation about the nature of God and the nature of man, and it's going to teach us a little bit about who he is and then who we are in relation to him, and, uh, and that sets up a ton for our, uh, our faith, our, how we walk it out, what we believe. It literally changes how we um, pray. It changes how we walk. Uh, for me, it changes how I go to work. It changes how I parent. It changes what I think about myself. Uh, it changes my self-esteem. It changes what I see when I look in the mirror. So this, this series is very practical. Um, and as Paul is going to write to us, um, he's going to share with us under the, inscription, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit uh, how we were created, um, and we want to be grounded in God's Word, do we not? So that's the, that's the, uh, that's the conversation that we want to have uh, this morning, is a little further about our identity. Um, the thing about that is, is that in our culture, in our day, if you have conversations maybe over lunch or over social media, um, it seems like everyone has talking points. Um, it seems like everyone walks in with like a, like if you were just to take like the NFL and the kneeling and all this kind of conversation, um, you know, everyone seems to come into the conversation with like, well, this is what I think and, and everyone else is wrong. It seems like, is, have you met that person online? Um, they're everywhere, you know, like, and, and some of you are here and welcome. So glad you're here. Uh, <laughs> you're a pain to argue with on social media, <laughs> uh, which is why we don't argue on social media. But the truth is that people walk into these conversations, whether they be about the NFL or about the Bible, um, with kind of some talking points. And a lot of people are, um, are kind of like, uh, maybe, maybe the truth is that they're unwilling to be moved because... They've built their life on some of these truths. The truth is, what we're going to talk about here, I've built my, I am banking my whole life on what's being said here. My whole life. Um, I've got people in, in my life, friends that uh, are not Christians, uh, family members that are not Christians, and they probably think I'm bonkers because I have said what is said here is not only true and foundational, it's the most true thing in my life. It's absolutely so. So when we surrender ourselves to this, um, it does mean that we start to stack that up in our belief system. This is going to form some foundation, some bedrock. Um, in fact, there's going to be some verses here that just straight up preach the gospel in like one verse at a time. And, and so this is all going to layer on top uh, to give us a picture of what Jesus um, cares about. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, um, verse 11 uh, we're going to pick that up in just a minute. We talked last week, if you were here, about the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. Paul is going to start with, uh, here's who this letter's from, here's who this letter's to, right? This is Paul writing it. This is to the church at Ephesus, the saints, those who are faithful in Christ Jesus. And then he's going to say, blessed be God the Father, right? And he's given us many spiritual blessings. And we talked through like eight of those last week, and we kind of bled into the portion of Scripture that we're going to be in today. We learned that we're adopted, right? That we're forgiven, that we're redeemed. There's all kinds of things that we, we've, the, the mystery of God's will has been revealed to us. All, the t all these times growing up that we wanted to know who God is and what he cares about, 
if we, uh, if we find ourselves in Christ, that he reveals his, his will to us. And so we're going to continue on all those spiritual blessings bleeding into verse 11. We're just going to read verse 11 through 14. That's where we're going to camp out today. Um, and then my brother Dave is going to pick up in verse 15 next week. I'm excited about that. You guys excited about that? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. So we're going to read verse 11 through 14. The verses are going to be on the screen if you don't have a Bible. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. That's all we're going to cover today. Um, there's two, uh, two scenes there that I want us to camp out on, okay? There's going to be a scene in verse 11 and 12, and there's going to be kind of a scene in 13 and 14. The first one is really going to kind of find, find we're going to find it as a promise, is that we have an inheritance, we have an inheritance. And by the way, I'm, I'm kind of blanking out some scripture, not because I'm trying to pick and choose. I'm just, I'm simple-minded, Mark. And sometimes there's just a lot of commas and there's a lot of description. And Paul's going to like write a novel and then he's going to put a period and then he's going to start another. And his novels are called sentences. So we are going to boil it down to the very core of, of what he's saying. In him, we have a, obtained an inheritance. We have, we have been given an inheritance. This inheritance means something to us because think about it this way. When you, when you receive an inheritance from someone, you get what they get. But when you get what God gets, you've, you've got everything. Now, granted, we don't come to Christ on the basis of what he gives us. We become Christians. We become Christ followers because we love Jesus and we want Jesus, right? Uh, we're not doing it for crowns. We're not doing it for mansions. We're not doing any of that. We're doing it for, for Jesus. And so we get Jesus. And interestingly enough, and I don't want to bleed too much into uh, Dave's sermon, but you're going to find in the next section that we are part of God's inheritance. Not only do we get an inheritance from God, but we, this is crazy, this is cra like we are part of God's inheritance. I don't want to steal his sermon, but you just got to know that word is packed full of meaning, okay? So we receive an inheritance. Think of all the things that, that God wants to give you. We talked about the blessings of being adopted and redeemed and forgiven and, 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 and all that last week. Um, in 1 Peter uh, verse 1, 3 through 5, it's going to say it this way, um, that Jesus has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Check this out. To inheritance, three things. That is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Right? This is a, this is a promise that is being made. And what's interesting is that you see this written in, in past tense. I love how, how the Holy Spirit is inspiring the authors of Scripture to write in past tense. Like, you have obtained inherit. Like, you, don't, you may not feel like you have it. You may not feel like it's yours. But it is yours. It's, it's written in the past. It's written as something that is so solid. And you can bank on what God says because what he says is true um, that you have an inheritance. Now what he's going to say is, you have an inheritance. Why? According to the purpose of him who works all things, right? Like it's according to his purpose. And why? So that you may be to the praise of his glory. That's the whole purpose. 
Now, what we tend to do is we tend to say, like, I have an inheritance. I have all this stuff, right? I have riches because God has the cattle on a thousand hills. Like, I am, like, I, and listen, all that stuff is true. But the, the thing about it is, is we got to make sure that we don't turn that blessing in on ourselves to the praise of our glory. We tend to kind of get too comfortable with the praise of our glory. And so what Paul is making explicit explicitly clear is that we've obtained an inheritance, right? According to God's purpose, it was his plan. It's what he wanted, but it's not for you. It's for his glory. Like he has saved this group of people. He has saved this this family, this bride of Christ to the praise of his glory. That's a big deal. That's a big deal because that means that what happens on this earth doesn't, doesn't own you. He owns you. What happens on this earth doesn't taint you. If you're in Christ, you have obtained an inheritance. He is yours and you are his. That is like, that is a, a dynamite truth. That, that is stuff that we ought to be able to walk around with. And power and boldness. Why? Because he's given us an inheritance. And where does the power and the boldness come from? Him, right? Why? Because it's to the praise of his glory. Like, we didn't do anything. If you're not catching on, and Ephesians is going to over and over and over say, like, you didn't do it, and it's not for your glory, but I am going to include you in my plan, include you in my purpose. Uh, my favorite part is, is what's coming up next, so we're going to go on. Promise number two is that you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is going to be something that shows up in like theology classes and in seminary and all that kind of stuff. And for so long, I, I just kind of was like, I don't know, sealed is kind of a weird word. But again, I'm going to boil it down. In him, you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Now, granted, you know, obviously there, there's all this. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. What this verse is saying is that everyone in here who has put their faith and their hope in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. This is the difference between living like in Jesus' times where you could actually see him and like watch him do miracles and you're kind of watching him break bread and multiply it and you're watching him walk on water and you're watching, you're, you're with him, you're, you're eating with him, he's washing your feet. In this case, the Holy Spirit is walking with you always. That means that when you are experiencing a hard time, God himself is walking with you because he is inside of you, Christians. When you are struggling, the Bible is going to say that you have the power of God living inside of you. Yes, the earth is going to try to get at you. The, not the earth, but like the powers of the earth, the principalities. The, your enemy is going to try to get at you, but inside of you, you are sealed up with the Holy Spirit. And what's cool is that he's going to go on and he's going to say, uh, you sealed with the Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. Again, to the praise of his glory. This section, he says something twice. Hey, mom's in the room. When you tell your kids something twice, what do you want your kids to like listen to? That you want them to remember something. You're like, go clean your room. And then you walk away and you're like, I'm going to have to say it again, aren't I? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we are supposed to remember this, and we're supposed to recognize its importance, that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit again. And I don't know who in here or who in this world would, would say, like, I've been given this big gift. I've been given the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to use it for my own glory because the God of the universe is not going to allow you to use the Spirit for your own glory. But sometimes we twist it, right? Sometimes we, 
we, we, we convert it to try to use, you know, we try to see things so that they benefit us. And what Paul is saying here is that we're sealed with the Holy Spirit for his glory, to the praise of his glory. So what does it mean to be sealed? I, when I think about this, I think about like when you buy something at a grocery store and you've got that sign on there. It's got like that seal, that wrapper on there, and it's going to say essentially, if the seal is broken, don't use it. We had to teach our kids that uh, the other day because, you know, like with Halloween coming up, it's like, okay, don't open like, or don't eat like candy that's already been broken open because you don't know if it's been tainted. But that's not what Paul is saying here. It's not like a seal like a wrapper. This is something like in the old school when uh, you have kings who would send letters uh, to like out to whoever they would send letters to, uh, there was a seal and it was, um, it was kind of like a stamp, if you will. And what they would do is kind of like pour some, uh, you can see this in some of those old, old movies. Uh, I'm trying to think what movies it would be a part of, but like uh, they pour some like hot wax and then they, they, they have a stamp, and it would have, like, your insignary. It would have, your, like, your, your, uh, your crest. It would have, like, your initials. Or moms that have, like, your monogram on it. You know what I mean? And it would have, like, uh, this. And what that meant was that this is from the king. Uh, so there's authenticity there. Like, you know that what is, what is sealed here is coming straight from me and no one else. I'm not trying to deceive you. I'm not trying to lead you in a way uh, like I am trying to show you who this is. It also offered protection because if you've got, uh, you know, that seal with you, uh, you are the king's man. And, uh, and to wage war on the messenger would be to wage war on the king. And so that seal that is on you uh, is, is a picture of God authenticating you Marking you, confirming you, but also protecting you. And God sends you with the Holy Spirit to do all sorts of things. And listen, the Holy Spirit also convicts us. We don't like to talk about that. You know, we're like, oh, no, tell me about the good things, you know, that, the, that God does. How he empowers me and he en enables me and he sends me and he, and he, he you know, he's, he's, he speaks the truth to me. Like he, uh, you know, he's, he's illuminating scripture when I read it. You know, the word is living and active and the spirit inside of you is doing with it. You know, some of you are going to, have you ever had this happen? Like um, I've had this happen. Sometimes I'll get off the stage and someone will say, man, that really impacted me, that thing that you said. And I'll back up and I'll say, I absolutely didn't say that. But sometimes the Holy Spirit is working to do things in your heart that you need. That happens from time to time. The Holy Spirit is, is illuminating things. Uh, every once in a while, I'll just be sitting, and I'll just feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. It's not like in an audible voice, but it's in this, like, this, this indelible voice in my soul that says, uh, you need to walk across the street, pray for your neighbor. You need to uh, make sure that that person's coffee gets paid for. You need to, it could be anything. You need to share the gospel with this person. You need to do whatever. You need to pray over this person. You need to call and make sure that person's okay. You need to uh, make that relationship right. The spirit inside of you is constantly talking to you and guiding you and directing you. All that is important. But first and foremost, if you're in Christ, you have the seal of the Holy Spirit to mark, confirm, and authenticate you. A seal was affixed to a document to guarantee its authenticity, and it was attached to goods in transit to guarantee protection. Why? To the praise of his glory. It's all about him. It's all about God. It's all about what he wants to make happen. The thing is, is that most of us, um, and not us necessarily in Access Church, um, but most of us, uh, Christians in America, we, we look a little bit like this. Now, you, you are kind of in this box called sin. Like you, 
you, you're, in, you're in here. You can't really see it very well. Um, but you, you, you're walking around. You're born, uh, you know, you're born like this. Okay, there's the sin. This sin is in you when you're born. Like everyone is born this way. And I know some of you are kind of like, hold up, you don't know me, you know, and the truth is, is that what the word of God is going to say is that we were all born. Go back to Genesis 1 through 3, and what happened was that we were cursed uh, when Adam and Eve ate the fruit that was forbidden, and from then on fractured was, uh, I'm sorry, uh, humanity was fractured in its relationship from God and our relationship with God. We were born with that sin, right? The moment that you, like moms, that newborn, right? I know. I know Remy is not a sinner, but she is, but she is, and you'll find out soon enough. Right now, it's just cute, and it's cuddly, and it's like smiles, and it's coos, it's ahs, and it's, and then there's going to be mine. <laughs> there's going to be no, and there's going to be hitting, and there's going to be shoving. I don't know what girls are like. I only know what boys are like, and I have three of them, you know, just a lot of testosterone colliding in my house. So it's very clear to me that we were born with sin in our lives, and practically, we walk in sin. So we walk around, right? You're born in this. And listen, and you know, because you like it, right? You like sin. Like when you're like, it's good, it's fun. Like you're like, you're planning on it. You're hoping for it. I have friends that plan vacations and they're like, I'm going to do a lot of sinning. They wouldn't say it that way, but that's what they're going to do, right? Like I remember, uh, no, I'm not going to use personal illustrations. That would be inappropriate right now. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, so you walk around like this, and then what happens is that you discover Christ. You discover Christ, and what he's going to say is, this is no more. In fact, what he would say is that I cast sin as far away from the east is to the west. And so you don't do that anymore because you are in Christ. And so what happens, and this is what Ephesians is all about, you are in Christ. That's what this series is about. You are found in Christ, and that is good. But if you were here a couple weeks ago, you know that when we study in John uh, 15, that not only does Christ, um, not only do we abide in Christ, right? We're in Christ, but Christ abides in us. So we're going to add that to the mix here. Walmart was happy to see me coming this week. But out there, bin selection here. Yeah, so Christ gets put in you, the Spirit of Christ, right? You are, you have Christ living in you. And some of you are like, well, tell me about the Trinity. I have about 30 minutes, and I'm not going to be able to explain the Trinity in such a way that you can explain it. But somehow what we see in Ephesians and then in Colossians, like chapter 3, it's going to say that you're hidden in Christ. And, that, and John 15 is going to say that like Christ is in you. And look how solid this is. Like You've got Christ inside of you, and then you walk in Christ. Like the, the nature, this is the nature of a Christian. I need you to understand. This is, this is doctrine, okay? This is what Christians believe this is what we stake our whole life on, right? We stake our whole life on the fact that we are in Christ and that Christ is in us. In fact, it's going to go even further. <laughs> Boom, here's the mamma jamma. We're going to find in Colossians 3 that our life is hidden in Christ. In God, the Trinity gets a little more confusing and that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Remember, the seal is not like 
I thought about duct taping this, but that would be inaccurate, um, although it, we would never be able to get in this again, because, uh, you know, duct tape. But you are sealed with the name of God. And Christian, that's you. But we tend to think that this is where we want to live. In fact, some of us would actually say, that like, yeah, I've got Christ in me, but practically, I want to, I want, I, I do this. I'm a, I'm a sinner. Sometimes you'll hear this. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And sometimes that's, that, man, that preaches good and that sings good. And it sounds, kind of sounds like a country song. Probably why it's so bad, um, because country's awful. <laughs> the truth is, is that, our nature, check this out. This is so important. This, this is the most important that I'm, thing that I'm going to say. You are, I mean, th think about it this way. Go back to verse 3 in Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, blessed be the God and Father, I'm sorry, no, um, verse 1, verse 1. Chapter 1, verse 1. Paul's going to say, by, and I'm, I'm apostle by Jesus Christ, of, of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who were in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. So when we think saints, like you don't put yourself in the saints box, do you, Christian? Why? You should, but you don't. Because when you think saints, don't you think of like um, those guys in those paintings with the big circle around the back of their head and like they're kind of, there's a beaming light around them and, and like you think of saints, you think of robes and of funny hats, you know, like, and like you will, ne like the saints don't exist, like maybe Mother Teresa, maybe the Pope, like you don't think that you're a saint, but what Paul, under the ins inspiration of the Holy Spirit is saying, check this out, is that if you are in Christ, that you're a saint and the word saint means holy one and you don't feel like a saint because sometimes you see, you look in the mirror and you see yourself in sin. And listen, you're not perfect. Anyone perfect? Like, you should be preaching. Like, I'm not perfect. But this is my nature. I am hidden in Christ. That's my nature. That's where I stand. Like, when God looks at me, this is what he sees. Now, when we mess up, obviously we're like, oh gosh, I'm like tainted by this. But Jesus paid the price to cast that as far from the east as from the west. This is our nature. And so when you wake up tomorrow morning, you need to understand that you have the Spirit of God who created the universe, who sent his Son to die on the cross for our sins in our place. This is your nature. You are hidden in Christ. And listen, when Satan wants to come after you, he's got to get through God. And God has already done all of that work. But... Let's just be real. In America, we don't live like this. We don't see ourselves like this. In America, the majority of churches are declining. In America, the, the state of Christianity is not doing too well. We're trending right behind Europe. Like, Europe's like 3% Christian. The truth is, uh, as a church planner, I talk to a bunch of church planners. We all have fights on, like, no, my city's the most unchurched. No, my city's the most unchurched. And you kind of just realize, like, there's just a bunch of people who don't believe in Jesus. But even the people inside the church don't even see us. Like, if we would just read the Scripture, that's why I said earlier, we have to read the Scripture and build a foundation from, our, from, the, from the ground up. We don't think opinions and feelings and all of that stuff. If you are authenticated by 
uh, the seal of the Holy Spirit, and if you're protected by the seal of the Holy Spirit, then what on earth business do we have living Christian lives that are like powerless? We actually have to choose that. I, listen, let me just make it, I have to choose that. I actually elect in my own life, nah, I'm good, I'm just gonna let fear run my life. Like, I actually choose to somehow see myself, like, I can't change this, by the way. Like, I don't have the power to break this. I know you're thinking, like, theologically, like, you can't not choose God. Here's the deal. God, God set this up. I am under the love and the, the, the hope and the faith of Jesus Christ and all that kind of, like, he, his spirit made the way for me to even understand his truth. And when he did this and he saved me, he sealed me up. I actually have to view myself as a lie, like in sin, if I want to choose to live that life. But somehow we do that. We do that. What Paul is saying is that that's not your nature. You've been declared righteous by the Father. Right? As if he had a gavel in his hand and was in court. And he said, nope, you're righteous. When I see you, I see Jesus. Jesus took the punishment for you. Right? Went to jail for you. Went to the cross for you. And he gave you his righteousness in an exchange. Right? The greatest exchange to ever take place in human history. When I see you, I see Jesus if you're in Christ. Declared righteous by the Father, you've been saved by the sacrifice of the Son, and you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says about you, Christian. That's good news. That's like, that's like you walk in power. That's, and, 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 and to the praise of my glory, not to the praise of his glory, right? All for him. That's why, we can, that's why Paul can write things like, I've been crucified with Christ. Like, and it doesn't seem like he's crying when he writes it like he's sad. No, because he's done so much for me. But how could I look at Jesus who has given up so much for me? The Father who has every right to declare me unrighteous, to declare me guilty. But he declares me righteous. He is welcoming me with his own arms. And Jesus himself is saying, you're my inheritance and I can't claim my inheritance until you come with me, right? You are part of it. You are part of what we want, right? We want you. What makes you a saint is not good behavior, right? It's not church attendance. It's not doing more good things than bad, as the world would probably have you to believe. A saint is made a saint by the spirit of Christ living inside of you. That's why we sing. <laughs> That's why we spend time with the Lord. John 15 says we, we abide in Christ and he in us. Colossians 3 says we're hidden in Christ. Romans 8, 1, there's no more condemnation if you're in Christ. No more condemnation. You try to, you try to walk in that condemnation. You choose it. It's a lie. There's no more condemnation. Verse 13 is going to say it this way. It's just as clear as possible. When you heard the word of truth, when you believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. That is the gospel. That Jesus came to pay the price for your sins. And when you heard it, and when you believed it, when you put your faith and your trust in Jesus, in that moment, you were sealed up with the Holy Spirit. God said, mine. 
So if you're in here and you're not trusting in Jesus today, my question is why? I don't want to appeal on anything that I could like, just why? Because what Jesus is inviting you to is his family, wrapped up tight, right? Identified in Christ, in Christ alone. Like we don't identify ourselves by what we do, our job, what we look like, where we live, right? Any of that stuff. We're identified in Christ alone. So would you receive his salvation today if you don't, if you haven't? Because if you haven't, none of the, this is written to the, the Christ followers. This is, like the, this is like the bad news, right? This is the bad, the bad news is that if you're not in Christ, if you're not, none of this applies to you. He is writing this. We have to keep coming back to this. If we're going to intellectually pay attention to what is happening here, this letter right here, Ephesians, is being written to the saints. And if you are not found in Christ, then these do not uh, uh, pertain to you. And, and the truth is, is that my urge and my plea is to say that you don't know what is going to happen. You don't know what tomorrow holds. And, um, and the truth is, I spent so much time as a child just kind of like, I don't know, feeling this out. I don't know if I want to be in Christ. I don't know. And I wish I would have just jumped in. Because the truth is, he's been so faithful to me. He's been so faithful to, to ask anyone around here who's in Christ. Like, he's been so, so faithful to us. He's, he's always come through. His promises are good. And, and what he says is that we will, um, he's given us the spirit as a guarantee. It's literally like a, a down payment until we acquire possession of it. So like, we're not in heaven yet, right? We, 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 we know that Christ has come. He's paid the price for our salvation, but he hasn't taken us to heaven yet, right? Um, some of you thought the world was going to end last week. Uh, it didn't. We're here. One day, Christ will come and get us, and he will take us to heaven. We will acquire possession of our inheritance. We will be with Christ forever, and that will be the perfection, like forever worshiping him and being in his presence. And we have to make sure that we live now in a way where that matches up with the inheritance that God has given us. Because the truth is, some of us, if we're like, no, I think I want that. I don't know. Listen, I don't know, and I'm not a judge. The gavel is not in my hand. But I don't know if you're in Christ if you want to live in that. I don't know. If heaven sounds awful to you, being with God forever, then maybe sin is still inside of you. Maybe you're still inside of sin. Maybe this is not your story. But the truth is, is that God invites all of us to be found in Christ today. Like you, inside of Christ, Christ inside of you, in God. So my plea to you, and it is a plea, is to receive salvation today. Just to surrender. In fact, why don't you close your eyes. Bow your heads. We'll close up.